Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We did it, y'all. In the words of the great LeBron James in 2012, back when he was still great before he left and fell off, it's about damn time. Of course, I'm referencing the end of the regular season, which is finally here. Basically, they still have one more game tomorrow uh, against the Dallas Mavericks on Easter. But for all intents and purposes, the regular season's over. The Miami Heat are locked into the seventh seed, and they will play the Atlanta Hawks in the first round of the play-in tournament. But first, before we get into that, what's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Miami Heat. Uh, welcome back to the Miami Heat. I wish I was on the Miami Heat. Welcome back to Believe in the Miami Heat, brought to you by the Believe Network. And as always, I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. So it was a pretty... Uh, Typical week over the last week for the Miami Heat, they did beat the Dallas Mavericks, who I thought was going to win because the Miami Heat have been slump busters for all these bad teams that have been struggling. Uh, but no, the Heat were able to take care of business versus Dallas, uh, and they're missing the playoffs officially, which is great news because the more that team fails, the more likely Luka asks out, uh, and then we could all get our hopes up for another star that the Heat probably won't get. Uh, but anyways, there, there was a report today Luka might ask out as early as 2024, which which will be exciting. It'll be fun. Uh, I always said he's the only player in the league that I would trade Bam at a bow for. That remains true. Uh, who would have thought that Dallas, after getting Kyrie, would fall off so heavily? Oh, no way. I did. I did. I said as soon as they got Kyrie Irving, that team is going to get worse. And that's exactly what happened because that's all that happens to Kyrie Irving's teams. Every team he leaves gets better. Every team he goes to gets worse. Uh, not a fan of the man. Told y'all I do not want the Miami Heat to sign him. Everyone called me crazy. And what do you know? Dallas got him, and they failed out miserably, and they won't miss the playoffs. It's good news. Uh, but the Heat did take care of business with them. They also beat the Detroit Pistons and, of course, blew out the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, had some people feeling good. Had the smart people realizing it meant nothing. Uh, Philly had nothing to play for. Tyrese Maxey, who is a habitual Heat killer, was out. Uh, and then the Heat got uh, blown out by the Washington Wizards yesterday. Of course, nobody played. I mean, Cody Zeller played okay. Uh, Jamal Kane was pretty decent as well. And Oladipo had a 30-piece. That was kind of fun to see also. Uh, and then, like I said earlier, they do wrap the game, uh, wrap the season up tomorrow at home versus the Magic, in which is Udonis Haslam Day. I'm hoping my dog is 48 minutes. Uh, I don't know if he could play that long, but I'll just leave it at that because there will never be any Udonis Haslam, Haslam slander anywhere on this podcast or this channel because I'm one of those people that believes he can stay on my team as long as he wants. Uh, some people say he's wasting a roster spot. I say, fine, get, what do you want? Another Hayward Highsmith? What's that going to do for you? Uh, and also, uh, don't take it from me. Take it from the players themselves who often say this. He has a much different respect coming from a player than he does if he was just a coach. Uh, I guess it's just a different sort of dynamic there. So I'll take the word for it. Before we do get into some more, though, uh, this uh, video is on the or this podcast is on the video version today as well. Uh, if you're on the audio side and you want to check out the video, just search up Anthony DiNardo on YouTube. Uh, and if you do notice, if you're a frequent viewer of these podcasts, uh, I'm in a different setup today. I am back home for the next week for Easter. Uh, got some time off from work, so I'm going to spend it over here back in Broward with the fam. Uh, and you can tell this is my childhood bedroom because in this top right corner over here, I have a big three poster, uh, except Instead of LeBron, I covered it over with a picture of Hassan Whiteside. So if y'all on the, the audio version want to check that out, make sure you, you tune into the, uh, the video. But I just had to address that in case I get any comments relating to that. But 
what we're going to do here today is we're going to talk about a couple topics. First one, of course, is I want to preview the playing game, which will be versus the Atlanta Hawks. If y'all don't know how the playing rules work, basically seven plays eight, nine plays ten. The winner of seven eight, seven seed. The loser of seven eight plays the winner of nine ten. Whoever wins that game is the eight seed. Uh, and I think the rest of the Eastern Conference is locked up. So uh, the seven seed, which is the Miami Heat, will play the Boston Celtics in the first round. Well, <laughs> I guess if we make the playoffs, they haven't technically made the playoffs yet. Uh, and whoever ends up being the number eight seed will play the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Kind of hate the playing tournament. I'm not going to lie. I think this is year three of them adding it. I was never a fan of it for a couple reasons. One, it's like you play 82 regular season games and it could all be for nothing. I don't like the idea that just someone could get hot for a game or two and now all of a sudden during the playoffs instead of somebody else. Also, I feel like the reward for those playing teams uh, isn't good <laughs> because all winning a playing tournament means... Uh, all winning that game means, I guess, is that you're most likely going to get your ass kicked in the first round by the first or second seed. So I think most teams would prefer to miss the playoffs. And also, the gap is just too big. The fact that seeds 7 through 10 are in the playing game is not something I like because there will be times where that could be a 6-7 game gap. And that's just not fair to the, the uh, 7 and 8 seed that they have to compete with a team who's way below them in the standings just for playoff positioning. I, I don't particularly find that fair. But regardless... It's the Miami Heat's first year in the play, uh, play-in tournament, uh, hopefully the last year for a long time because I hope they're a lot better. But they will be playing the Atlanta Hawks, which is pretty much a consensus around Heat fans that that is the matchup we would prefer if you want to make the playoffs. Uh, particularly, of course, I want to make the playoffs, but I understand they're probably not winning uh, whoever they play against. Uh, like, for example, if they do win, they'd get matched versus Boston. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't think the Miami Heat win a single game versus the Boston Celtics. Uh, I hope that someone can clip me on this and post it when we do beat the Boston Celtics because I'll be feeling pretty damn good. Uh, but as far as the Atlanta Hawks, I do expect to beat them. Uh, a matter of fact, I posted a, a tweet at Anthony D underscore Heat if you want to follow. I said the Miami Heat will dominate the Atlanta Hawks just because I feel like they will. <laughs> I, I like the matchups, and I feel like this will probably be the most effort that the Heat will give all season, uh, and I think they're a better team than the Hawks. Uh, they match up very well against them, obviously. They are 3-1 and one versus the Hawks this season, and they notoriously do a very, very good job guarding Trey Young. We saw that in the playoffs last year, which was P.J. A lot of P.J. was guarding him, and of course he's gone now. But also Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin, too. Don't sleep on Caleb. Uh, they put that boy Trey Young in hell, uh, in hell uh, and they make his life miserable. And he's the head of the snake. And you know when you cut off the head of the snakes, it makes things very, very difficult for the rest of their squad. Uh, I did look up the numbers, too. This season, Trey Young is averaging 26 uh, on 43% shooting and 33% from three. And when he plays the Miami Heat, that drops all the way down to 20 points a game with 36% from the field and 21% from three. Those are nasty Duncan Robinson numbers, uh, other than the 20 points per game because Duncan could never. But those percentages are disgusting. Uh, that's kind of disrespectful. I mean, Duncan is shooting 33% from three, uh, which is a lot higher than 21%, but both kind of suck. Uh, obviously, Trace having sort of an off year. He wasn't an all-star this year, but he's still a very good player, but still. Uh, his regular season averages versus the Miami Heat, there's a difference of six points per game worse, uh, and also what's that, seven field goal percentage worse and 12 three-point percentage worse. Uh, so the Miami Heat obviously kind of have him figured out, and when you cut off the head of the snake, 
uh, it will be very difficult for that team. Now, DeJounte Murray, he's a hooper. John Collins is a hooper. Both those guys has killed us in the past. Clint Capella is another one of those big true centers who Bam Adebayo oftentimes has problems with. Uh, but still, I don't expect. I'm now again. Would it shock me if the Heat lose? No, the Miami Heat. They've lost to the Pistons multiple times this year. At least it feels like it. Uh, they can lose to anybody. Uh, but I am picking the Heat to win this game, and then probably gonna swept by Boston. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Uh, if the Miami Heat were to lose, they would play the uh, winner of the 9-10 game, which is the Raptors versus Bulls. Unfortunately. I don't think Miami's beating either one of those teams. Uh, the Raptors are one and three against this dish, or the Raptors are uh, three and one versus us. We've only, so we've only won once, uh, and we have yet to beat the Bulls a single game this season. They are three and zero oh versus the Miami Heat. Now the Raptors very clearly provide major uh, mismatch issues because they are a massive team. I remember at one point this year they had a lineup of three seven footers. I think they had Jakob Perto, Chris Boucher. Uh, and Precious, well, I guess Precious is not technically a seven-footer, but still, that's three bigs. They were playing out there at the same time, and of course, that doesn't even include Pascal Siakam. So that team is massive. The Miami Heat are the opposite of that. Uh, so I don't think the Heat would beat them, and the Bulls also have our number. I'm not sure we'd beat them either. Now, that is saying that if the Heat do lose to the Atlanta Hawks, which is on Tuesday, 7 p.m., by the way, they did confirm the, the playing time for that. The Miami Heat lose to the Hawks. I do not think they make the playoffs, which, again, might not be the worst case scenario because they do have their first round draft pick uh, and they've hit on their last lottery picks and Bam for sure. And Tyler, I guess, if you want to say him, uh, even though there's been some controversy on Twitter uh, regarding me and Tyler Hero recently, there was a song that was uh, dropped uh, by the Basement Sports Network that I might have had a part in called Tyler Hero is a high level role player. Uh, don't particularly think he is. I think he's an above average starter with potential to be a star, uh, just to kind of get my true opinion out there. That was more of like an inside joke uh, for the fans of the network, but uh, other people listen to it, and they're not very happy with the song. They think it's it's me hating, which is not. I'm just poking f- some fun at a guy that I actually do like. I do like Tyler Hero. Uh, there's not really a single person on this team that I hate. Uh, I mean, I can't hate them personally, at least, because I don't know them. As far as basketball-wise, I don't particularly like uh, Hayward Highsmith and Duncan Robinson. I find them frustrating at times. Uh, but again, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to not be hateful because I am happy we are finally getting to some exciting basketball over here. Uh, I think that's pretty much the only basketball stuff I want to talk about. Uh, we'll try to get to you at some point after the playing game uh, once we figure everything out. Maybe do some award opinion-venated video and uh, playoff prediction previews with all the teams. Uh, We'll see what I got time for because I am, like I said, uh, away from my usual setup for the next week. So we'll see what we got time for. But some other basketball news over this last week is the new CBA came out. Uh, And there's some rules regarded to that that uh, have been a big topic of conversation online, Uh, the first of which is the 65-game minimum to win any sort of major award, like MVP, Rookie of the Year, that sort of thing. Uh... I mean, do I think it's a good rule? Yeah. Do I think it's a pointless rule? Also, yeah. Uh, Because typically if a guy plays less than 65 games, he's not getting any consideration for an award anyways. Uh, I think they said the last guy to win MVP and play less than 65 games was Bill Walton, which is what, 40, 50 years ago? I don't know. So it's not like guys were winning awards anyway. So is it a good rule? Yeah, of course. The guy shouldn't play less than 65 games and be MVP. uh, Just kind of pointless in my opinion. 
another thing of the new CBA is the positionless all NBA votes, something that I absolutely love and have been a big proponent uh, for for many years now because I am tired of seeing guys like DeAndre Jordan and Rudy Gobert's bum ass. Now, I told myself I'm not going to let Rudy Gobert distract me and get on a rant how much, about how much I hate that man because him I do hate. So I'm not going to do it. Just know I'm tired of seeing guys like him on the All-NBA team just because they play traditional center. In my opinion, the All-NBA teams should be the top five guys in the league and, you know, second team All-NBA should be the five through ten and so on. So I want to look back in 10, 20 years and say, who is the best guys in the NBA in 2023? I want to look at the All-NBA teams and say, okay, those are the 15 guys that had the best seasons. Some people think there's some value to being the best at your position. I don't think it matters uh, because then guys are getting snubbed uh, for awards that they should get, uh, which is particularly more hurtful nowadays because there is contract implications to these awards and how much money you can make. So I'm a big fan of that rule. Uh, the other rule that uh, people are talking a lot about is the in-season tournament, something like the play-in tournament I've been against. Uh, I don't think they should be adding more games to the season. I think they should shorten it, particularly with all these injuries we ha we're having nowadays. Now, there is one distinction uh, that is important that I did not think when they were initially throwing this rule out there the in-season tournament is it doesn't actually add more regular season games it's implemented into the 82 regular season game schedule so maybe it's a certain portion or month of the schedule that is committed to the tournament now if you do uh go through the tournament and you make the championship then there is an extra game and those teams will be playing an 83rd game uh which again is still more games I don't care if it's just one more because the first player to get hurt in that in-season in in tournament championship, their fan base is not going to be happy. Their front office is not going to be happy. Nobody's going to be happy. I don't think they should be adding more games, especially for some pointless in-season tournament. Now, the incentive is each player gets $500,000. Pretty cool for them. Uh, certainly means a lot for more guys than others. The two-way guys are ecstatic. That could like double their contract. Uh, the max players might not care as much. Even though I'd like to believe $500,000 is a lot for anybody. <laughs> uh, but as far as the fan perspective, I don't see any incentive there. Like, if the Miami Heat were to go next season and win the in-season tournament, am I going to care? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, now, maybe that'll change once we start watching. Maybe I'll get into it. That depends. But right now, I really can't see myself caring. So I just kind of thought it was pointless. Uh, with the new CBA, I know there was also a lot of talks about eliminating the one year after high school in order to become professional. Uh, I wish they would have got rid of that rule because I think if a guy is good enough coming out of high school and if a team wants him, I think he should be allowed to go pro. Uh, it's not the kid's fault that he's good enough or the team uh, that a team wants to draft him. I think he should be allowed to join. Uh, I don't really like the idea of them pushing off a kid's dream for another year, taking money out of his pocket another year. That was especially more hurtful before there was these NIL deals because then players couldn't make any money in college. Uh, now at least they can make a little bit, even a lot of it in some cases. But still, if a guy's good enough, he should be allowed to enter the league a year early, get another year under his belt in the league. That's a lot more experience. I think it could be a lot more beneficial for him. Uh, and there's been a lot of talk, too, with regards to injuries about uh, players having so much wear and tear on their bodies before they enter the NBA. That's why a lot of these young guys are even sitting out now. So I say, hey, just let the young guys come to the league. And again, it's a rule that I don't think affects many people because how many high schoolers are good enough to go straight to the pros? It's not very many. Uh, so I think to have this rule to stop those handful of people that are good enough, don't really like it. 
Uh, plus, there's a lot of success stories. Obviously, LeBron, Kobe, Garnett, Dwight Howard. A lot of stars have came straight from high school, straight to the pros, and been very successful. Uh, so I kind of wish they would allow that role back. But anyways, uh, the last thing I want to talk about for this podcast is the March Madness Tournament. As y'all know, we've been rooting for my Miami Hurricanes all season, and they went on an impressive, uh, very, very great run all the way to the Final Four, uh, in which they got dominated by UConn. Can't even be mad because UConn dominated everybody this season. Uh, but I'm super proud of my Miami Hurricanes, man. Jim Laranega continues to show he's one of the best college coaches in the game. Uh, Jordan Miller, very impressive run. Isaiah Wong had his moments. Nigel Pack was awesome all tournament. And my guy, Norchad Omir, is a beast. He made me a huge, huge fan of his during this playoff run. His hustle, his effort, his, his ability to get his hands on every single missed shot, offensive, defensive, Big, big fan of uh, Norchad Omir, uh, and I hope this team does big things uh, coming in the future. Obviously, Jim Laranega is building something very great over there, so I'm looking to continue rooting for them going forward. Uh, really got into it this tournament run. I don't know if that's because they're good or because the football team has given me nothing to root for since 2016, uh, which is kind of my more college bread and butter. Uh, didn't watch much college basketball prior to the last season or two because uh, I, was, I was a football guy. But since the Miami Hurricanes have stepped up in basketball and football, no matter who they bring in, they still suck. Uh, got into the basketball a lot recently. But uh, hopefully the football team could turn it around too. Uh, I did not like Cristobal in year one. Uh, and obviously Van Dyke was not as good as I thought it would either. But they got all kinds of new pieces coming in. So we'll see what happens over there. Uh, and also FAU. They had a magical run to the Final Four. It's a shame they lost at the buzzer. Would have been really cool to see them in the national championship. And, of course, growing up in South Florida, I have a lot of friends that went there, still go there. I even toured the school uh, before deciding to go to FGCU for university. Uh, so it was cool just to see a local team run that, go that far, especially a nine seed. So shout out to them. That is awesome what they did. It's really awesome. Uh, what else was awesome was the Women's March, uh, March Madness tournament. Now, I'm a big proponent of women basketball. Uh, it's a very high level of competition, college and pros. Uh, it's very frustrating to see all the misogynistic comments that are under every post of women's basketball on Twitter. All these people thinking they're funny, uh, saying the same cliche stuff that is not funny at all about these women who are actually very, very talented at what they do. Uh, it's stupid. Uh, but I, So that's why I'm a big proponent of women's basketball because it's actually quite exciting to watch. Diana Taurasi is, is my girl. I really love her. Uh, and of course, seeing all, what all the women in college have done this has been uh, this March Madness season has been very impressive. Of course, Caitlin Clark has been the story of the tournament. She is a beast. Now I'm not gonna lie, she was getting cooked a lot on defense, uh, particularly in the national championship. That's gonna happen when she's that size. But offensively, she's unlike anything we've ever seen in the women's basketball game. So looking like she could be one of the greats. So uh, super excited to see her continued journey. Now, of course. She fell short in the uh, championship to LSU, who has some hoopers on it too, bro. Especially that girl that they were they were calling Ice Spice. Kind of funny. Shout out to her. She seemed to like the Ice Spice comparison. So, so I'll say, I'm, I'm sorry, I forget her name off the top of my head. Uh, but first and foremost, I do want to credit LSU because that team has a bunch of hoopers uh, and they balled out, bro. They shot like 60, 70% from three in the national championship. Very impressive. Uh, and also, I'm not going to lie. I kind of like what that team has going on more than Iowa. Uh, LSU, the videos were going viral. They were getting lit in the locker room before the game. Iowa just had all the white women uh, being kind of uh, white. Uh, and, of course, I'm white myself, so I get, I get to say that. I get to say that. Uh, but, unfortunately, uh, 
the biggest part of that game was not the game, which is unfortunate because it was a fun game, even though it ended up not being too close. Uh, everybody was talking about the Angel Reese, uh, quote unquote, if people are on the audio side, antics, of course, doing the John Cena, you can't see me, and then pointing her to her ring finger. Uh, and there was a big controversy because people didn't like it. And Caitlin Clark did the same exact thing the game before. Now, before I share my thoughts on this, because I kind of do want to just share my thoughts on, on this whole situation, is some people would say what Angel Reese did is not the exact same as what Caitlin Clark did because Angel Reese followed her around the court, blah, blah, blah. To be honest, it's basically the same thing. Like, it, it's close enough. Like, I don't care. And a lot of people, the, what they're saying about Caitlin Clark didn't even see the full game. They just saw the three-second clip. There's no context there. It's the same thing. Uh, but I want to share my opinion on this real quick because uh, a lot of people have a platform that shouldn't. Uh, so since I do have a platform, I just kind of want to say what I think needs to be said. Uh, my initial reaction, I'm not going to lie, when I saw the Angel Reese, you can't see me and point to the ring. Uh, I thought it was slightly corny, but only because Caitlin Clark did the whole you can't see me against the other team, another team. I forget who they played before LSU. It was against another team. So then for Angel Reese to do it back to Caitlin Clark when Caitlin Clark didn't even to do it to her in the first place, I thought it was a little weird just because it, like, it wasn't her beef. You know what I'm saying? But And and also, like Caitlin Clark balled out. So it's not like you, you locked her down or anything. But again, I thought it was a little corny. Uh, what really disgusted me is seeing grown men go online and, and throw derogatory slurs towards Angel Reese's way. I think it was Keith, Keith Olbermann that called her an effing idiot. Uh, Dave Portnoy said something like she's extremely classless, something like that. Uh, and in my opinion, there's no other way those comments can be construed other than just straight up being racist uh, because Caitlin Clark did the same thing. So when the white woman does it, it's passion. And when the minority does it, it's classless. Uh, I don't like that because the, the only difference is their skin color. So to me, it's very clear why you think the way you do. Uh, and even outside of that, let's say you do think it's classless. You don't need to go online and call a college student an effing idiot, especially when you're a grown ass man. That's just unnecessary to me. Uh, but I'm going to leave it at that because this is not what that podcast is about. Uh, but because I have a platform, I just kind of want to say what I think needs to be said. But that's all I got for y'all. Of course, the Miami Heat do play the Magic. No, yeah, they do play the Magic tomorrow on Sunday. Make sure y'all tuning in. Make sure if you at the game, you give UD a standing ovation. Uh, even though by the time you listen to this, that game's probably already over. Uh, but I am actually looking forward to the playing tournament. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but happy Easter, y'all. And we'll see y'all later this week. I'm out. Bye. Look, pull up in the city, trying to get that dead fast Do it on my own, I don't need no dead Thank you for listening to Believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show And giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com And search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.